Recording live from the LaSalle Street Securities Headquarters in Chicago. Welcome in to another episode of LaSalle Street Live. Hey everybody, welcome in. My name is Zach Sandeman with LaSalle Street Securities. Today I am very excited to share with you all a great interview that we conducted with our newest advisor addition to the firm. His name is Bob Myers. Bob was with Edward Jones in the Independent Channel for the past 14 years before he recently decided to affiliate with us here at LaSalle Street. What you're about to hear is a very open and honest conversation between Bob and I about his past experiences with his former firm and about his expectations moving forward with us. We also talk a little bit about the importance of relationships and human connection within this business and Bob also takes some time to give some advice to other advisors out there who maybe are considering a broker-dealer change or have before but are just a little bit afraid of making that first step. So I am excited for you all to hear this interview before we get started, want to extend a hand, give my contact information. If you're an advisor out there listening to this and you've considered doing something different in the past, interested in exploring your options for the future, feel free to reach out. You can get me on my cell phone at any time, 708-828-0050, or you can send me an email, zach at lasallest.com. That's Z-A-K at lasallest.com. So without further ado, hope you enjoy this discussion between myself and the newest addition to the LaSalle Street Securities family, Bob Myers. My name is Zach Sandeman. I work in business development at LaSalle Street Securities independent hybrid financial services firm uh, since 1974 in the Chicagoland area. Um, I'm honored to be joined here by Bob Myers, our newest addition to the firm. Bob, uh, it's great to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Bob Myers. I recently transitioned from Edward Jones. I was there um, approximately 14 years. I started um, as an advisor in 2005. I was actually hired by them in the end of 2004 and um, delayed my transition just because I was waiting for a bonus from my last employer. But I, I got my first investment license in, I believe it was 91 or 92. And it was tough back then fi- trying to find a firm that would um, partner with me when I didn't have any assets or clients yet. So um, I left the industry. I actually found Edward Jones while I was um, working as a drug rep, and um, their business model would, you know, was such that they would take anybody from any background and train them to be a financial advisor. Um, I had a lot of the basics down already, so it was an easy transition for me. Um, but I guess where my my interest in helping people with their money and and just decisions about their money started when I was in the army 1985 when I was trained by our um, our 
JAG office, which is the legal department of, of the Army, to do 1040s and 1040EZ um, tax forms to help out other um, enlisted personnel, other soldiers, um, to complete their taxes. And um, so I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed helping people. So I, I think that's where it, it kind of started. And when I was a drug rep with AstraZeneca Pharmaceuticals, I was always helping other um, representatives balance their 401ks and help them make investment choices in their 401ks. So it was kind of a natural progression for me. It just I enjoy helping people, helping people with things that overwhelm. It seems like money and investing and just saving for your future, just it overwhelms a lot of people where, to the point where they just, you know, don't do anything about it. I would say I'm maybe in that camp as well. Um, so how come it doesn't overwhelm you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's just the way I was raised or what, or if it's just, you know, the, the character and just in my DNA, but um, the numbers don't overwhelm me. I hated math in high school, and it was one of the subjects I, I hated doing just because I don't feel like I had a teacher um, that I connected with to help me understand the formulas and things like that but and I, th- I think that's what happens with most people is um, th- they're not taught you know finance economics how to balance a checkbook and things like that in school anymore so it, it's just an area that's uncomfortable and foreign to them and a lot of my clients have said that um, they really appreciate the approach I take and trying to educate them and help them understand the basics and I don't make them feel bad that that they don't know something, um, and you know, I, I think I, I have a real down to earth um, way of, of explaining things to them. Is that's what they tell me, and um, I think part of that's just growing up in the Midwest. I think I, I I'm calm. I don't get overly excited about uh, the market when it's down. I don't get overly excited about when it's up. I just tell them that, you know, it's a, it's it's long term. It's um, it's it's slow and steady. It's not making money overnight, you know. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna pick a stock that you know you put a few dollars in and you become a millionaire. And there's no get rich quick schemes and and things like that. I'm just I use a common sense approach and I really enjoy helping people. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you so you mentioned you know growing up in the Midwest and one of the things from talking to Mark and and Dan and the other executives at the firm, you know, always talk about how it's a strategy at LaSalle Street to really try to own the Midwest and really try to make that our, our wheelhouse, so to speak. Um, and they always talk about the reason for that being because people from the Midwest have a similar set of values that we feel um, results in good business relationships. And um, so relationships, when, you're, when, when you were looking for a new firm, I'm sure was a huge part of your decision-making process, what role did that play when you were meeting the executives, Dan and, and Mark and Jack? I mean, what was that like in comparison to your experience at Edward Jones in comparison to the other firms you were considering? Um, that's a good question. So, you know, one of the other firms I was considering and I was probably close to making a decision of, of going with this firm, um, very well-known um, but just a lot of things in the news going on right now that I think was also um, kind of holding me back a little bit. 
one of the things I appreciated about LaSalle was when I looked up their, um, their record, it was, it was clean. Um, and, and, and sometimes um, there's something to be said for a firm when you don't know their name. Sure. And, and, and I think in the investment industry, a lot of times that's a, that's, that's a good thing. Really? Because LaSalle hasn't been in the news for anything negative. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that fact. Um, but when I looked at their history and where they started and um, the, bi- you know, the biographies of, um, you know, Dan and Mark and, um, and Jack and, you know, the, 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 main, um, the main guys, you know, running the firm, I, you know, I appreciated their backgrounds and where they came from and um, the, the firm that they've built together. Um, one of the things I was looking for that was important for me was I've got clients right now. I think I'm still licensed in 32 states, but at one time clients, I had clients in 36 states and I've pared that down just for management purposes. But I've got a lot of clients on the East coast that um, their investment values are a lot different than here we are in the, you know, here in the Midwest or the West coast. And um, they're, they're really um, focused on socially responsible investing and green funds and things like that. Those types of investments I did not have access to, at Edward Jones and so that was one of the things I was looking for was a firm that um, didn't put restrictions didn't put me in a box um, it, for whatever purposes and reasons those uh, you know Edward Jones had um, I didn't want to turn clients away because I couldn't provide a specific investment um, or a specific mutual fund or something like that I, I only want to turn a client away when I just don't feel they're a good fit for me or um, I'm not a good fit for them. And so I was constantly running up against those types of walls and restrictions. And everything that I presented to LaSalle when I met with um, Dan and Mark, um, you know, it was, it was met with open arms. Uh, yeah, of course we can do that. Yes, we can do that. If we don't have a selling agreement with that company, we'll get one. And everything I, every, every scenario I presented to them they said, well, you know, well, definitely we can do that. If you're, if you're interested in doing that, we'll help you do it. Right. Well, I think that's kind of one of the benefits that that we have as what is essentially a small business, right, at LaSalle. I mean, I guess it's it's not technically by FINRA standards. I mean, we have 320 reps and $9 billion in assets across 40 states. So, you know, technically we wouldn't be classified as a small business. But I work in the home office every day and it really functions the way that you might expect a small business to operate. You know, there are 30 or so employees in there and me working under the chief business development officer, I'm essentially his only employee in his department, so to speak, right? So I wear a lot of different hats. And, um, you know, so being a small business, we kind of have that flexibility where we don't have to create these top-down policies and dictate to all of our advisors you know, through them. So when you bring up something, it's kind of like, well, yeah, Bob, we'd be willing to work with you in that area, you know, because at the end of the day, you're our client. So, you know, talk a little bit about the the benefits of being able to talk about different issues with the leadership of your financial services partner, you know, and and what would you say to um, an advisor who is, you know, as seasoned as you are, but was with the firm that maybe wasn't going to be interested in having those conversations about different issues and dictated with strict rules. 
you know, the firm I loved was very large, and they're they're very focused on being the largest and and you know the biggest, and that's not what LaSalle's goal is. LaSalle's goal is to is to do what's right for the customer, the client, and you know provide for them whatever is in their best interest that um, the client wants to invest their money in. Um, it's pretty rare at the firm I left for you to even ever have a chance in your entire career to meet the managing partner there. Hmm. And for me, you know, I sat down in, in just the initial interview process where I was basically interviewing LaSalle. They weren't interviewing me. I was interviewing them as, as the firm I wanted to hire to be my partner. And, you know, I sat down with Dan, the chief operating officer. I sat down with Mark Conti, the vice president, you know, in charge of development. Yeah, of guys who own percentages yeah. of the company. Yeah, yeah. And not only, you know, not only employees of the firm, but owners of the firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I, when I started this transition, you know, a couple weekends ago, uh, Dan and Mark and some other um, folks from the home office were here on a Sunday and spent four, somewhere between four and six hours at the branch with us, helping us mm-hmm. through client account opening and, and transitioning and things like that. Um, and like I said, to, to have that kind of um, commitment is incredible and, and, and unheard of in the, in the industry, in my opinion, from, from everyone I've spoken to. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you brought up the transition. You're in the middle of the transition period, um, and it's, it's I can tell that it's weighing on you. I mean, it's no shave November, and you've said that you don't want to take the picture today because you're just transitioning accounts, and, and it's, it's rough. Um, so, I mean, that's the most unfortunate part of this move, and we're looking forward to getting you fully on. But, you know, if you want to just kind of go into how that process has been, I mean, what has it been smooth better or worse than than you expected what what have you thought so far um it, the transition's been better than i expected um but like anything um there's always going to be some bumps that you hit um there's a learning curve for for anything you know you just change you just changed uh i just changed my uh smartphone from a samsung to an iphone and i had the iphone before so and there's a there's a learning curve in anything that you do. So, um, we're trying to learn the new systems and the new forms and the you know and the processes. But at at the end of the day, everything is pretty much the same when you look at the foundation of what we're doing on you know gathering the client information, um, finding out what's in the client's best interest by talking to the client about their goals and analyzing their risk profile and things like that, and and we're working with clients that we've been working with for years. So, so we know those things already. Um, so it's just about really just, um, putting your head down, grinding it out, getting the paperwork done, you know, trying to get the phone calls out. And it's, it's, it was no surprise for me. I knew the, the work would be, um, involved, um, pretty heavily, um, into the evening and weekends and things like that. But, but what, what makes us feel really good is that LaSalle's right there with us, partnering with us. In fact, tonight, just before you and I started talking, you know, it was 5.45. Um, Dan had called me two times in the last half an hour while I was meeting with clients because he was returning my phone call and, you know, told me to call him on his cell. I actually texted him and he immediately texted me back within a few minutes and said, sorry, Bob, I couldn't get back to you. I was voting. Um, but mm-hmm. as soon as he stepped out of the voting booth, 
um, he called me right back and we had a conversation um, and it was just regarding the fact that um, the branch manager here was going to be out of town for a couple days and and how are we going to get paid you know some forms signed and things like that and Dan said you know that he's got everything covered nothing to worry about and you know so even even things that we are in our mind thinking are going to be problems or issues or walls um, you know, we've been able to work around every single one with the support of Dan and Mark and everybody else in the home office. Yeah. I mean, just communication and being able to talk to somebody who has some authority with when you're in a partnership is very valuable. And that's one of the things that I like to kind of uh, relay to any advisor when I'm doing my recruiting, my recruiting efforts. And, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the financial industry. I'm, I'm a rookie in it. And, um, you know, just trying to sort of spread the word about what LaSalle Street can do for financial advisors. But I try to liken it to whatever I can understand. And so, for example, um, I, I use uh, email marketing software to get my messages out to financial advisors. So um, one issue that I've been experiencing with a company that, that uh, we don't need to name, but they don't have uh, a phone customer support line. You know, so when I have an issue, it's just like I'm reading things online from their FAQ section and then like I have to deal with all the different red tape. And sometimes I think like that must be what it's like for a financial advisor who has a problem at one of these big, well-known firms. So what is the attraction of being at at a well-known firm and how come so many advisors are afraid to leave even though they might know deep down that with another firm they could get a more tailored customer service experience so to speak yeah so i mean the firm i just left it, i i have to admit that their their technology and their their programs that we actually use to access it, it was it was designed in a way to make our world so easy so that we never would leave okay you know they they want to put they want to make you so comfortable in being what I would call um, uh, ordinary. They, 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 they help you embrace being ordinary mm. and, and plain and simple. And, and I'm not about being ordinary, plain and simple. Right. Um, so I was, I was talking with a colleague here at LaSalle recently about the chances of us you know, talking to some of our former colleagues at Edward Jones about you know, maybe going independent and what would we think would be holding those guys back and and a lot of them have just become so complacent and Edward Jones has 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 made these processes so ultra simple and it's it's really a it, it's a way to just control everything that they do mm-hmm. and um and and that control that they kind of have over you by by building those those tools the way, the way that they've built them and I don't know if, if if this is making sense to you but um, there, there's there's actual work involved in, in leaving and, and doing a transition like this and a lot of the guys just don't want to do the work yeah um, yeah I mean you know we don't mean for this to be like an Edward Jones slam session but I, I remember going into your office one of the first days I was helping you through the transition a couple of weeks ago and seeing that you had some like restrictions over your Facebook business page you know and it's like 
when I talk to other advisors, when I talk to Mark, you know, so, so you know, trying to write this press release about the Bob Myers edition, Mark, what, what do you think is like the main reason? That's why I'm here talking to you so that I can hear from the horse's mouth. But it's like, what do you think, Mark, is the reason that he came over and he said freedom and to gain control of his own business back because he didn't feel he had that with Edward Jones. So um, I guess could you talk more about like the the role, the increasing role of freedom that advisors are seeking more nowadays. Yeah, well, I was when I was talking to my wife, um, you know, just describing the struggles I've gone through, the growing pains I've had in the last two years of just trying to run my business and provide the, the needs of my clients. I was trying to explain to her before we you know made the decision to to um, make a move like this. And I described Edward Jones as being, in the investment industry, being similar to what McDonald's is in the restaurant industry. You know, McDonald's is very successful at what they do. And um, they have a very distinct corporate franchise-driven menu. You know, so if I'm a franchisee operator at McDonald's, the same way I was, you could kind of say a franchisee operator at Edward Jones. Right. Um, you know, I can't change the menu. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quarter pounders and french fries and things like that. If one day I've got a client that comes in and wants a steak medium rare, I can't make that. That's not what we do at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So many times there were clients that that needed investment advice and, and the investments that they required for their portfolio or desired for their portfolio were not on the Edward Jones approved corporate menu, which is fine. There's Edward Jones is happy serving that specific niche of the investment world, just as McDonald's is very happy supplying the food that they supply to that niche that they operate in, in, in the restaurant world. Um, and I was constantly running into, into scenarios where we needed to go outside that corporate menu, outside the box that Jones had us in. Um, and Edward Jones, you know, their, their attitude or their response to me was, well, Bob, that's just not our ideal client. Hmm. And if you can just stick to the, this description of who our ideal client is, that's hmm. who you should focus on. Yeah. Well, my focus is on taking care of anyone who needs my help. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting for them to say that's not our ideal client because that's something that, you know, Mark always tells me that at LaSalle, they don't want to get involved with the client. Their client, our client is you, the advisor. So it's just interesting like that to hear that said from a, a what is really serving as your broker dealer for them to say, call the client theirs yeah. I, I, that's that's interesting the way that you know within the i mean you're still an independent advisor with edward jones it wasn't like you were a wirehouse rep but Correct. for them to still be calling the clients theirs when really in your eyes i'm sure they're your own right i mean how do you how do you view that yeah i mean i was a little bit naive i think in that i thought i was i was running my branch office like an independent advisor but I was basically I was basically running what I would call um, I wasn't I wasn't even an owner of a McDonald's I was running a corporate franchise is what I was running I was I didn't even have the freedom to be called an owner so you know everything that I did was dictated by the firm um, I was a W two employee 
you know, so even from that regard, I was, I definitely had no ownership. Um, so, and then that's what I desired. You know, I've always been entrepreneurial by nature and I always wanted to have ownership of what I've, what I do and, and, and have the ownership of who I serve and, and that decision be up to me and the client on if we we're going to work together or not. I don't want that dictated by the limitations of the products and services that my parent firm, Edward Jones, at the time dictated that uh, we needed to stay in, you know, within those parameters. You know, it all boils down to all, all, all boils down to profits for the firm and profits for the general partners. And, and which you would expect any corporation in America, you want them to run um, as a profitable corporation. But um, I, I just, I, over the last couple of years, I, I've just came to the realization that we've outgrown the Edward Jones business model. And um, for what we were trying to achieve with our growth with clients moving forward, we needed to find a platform that allowed us to have true ownership of our day-to-day business decisions, true ownership of the relationship with our clients, and, and true ownership of deciding um, what investments that we wanted to specialize in, quote-unquote, or, or, or try and uh, utilize for our clients. Right. So, um, yeah, at LaSalle Street, one of the things that we kind of, it's not really an official slogan, but one of the things that we kind of hang our hat on from a marketing perspective is helping you run your business your way. And so, um, you know, you talked about moving forward. Obviously, we're going to help you run your business your way. That's our goal. Um, What are your expectations specifically going forward with LaSalle Street? I mean, what do you expect us to provide for you to, to help you out with. I know um, you're going to be opening up your own office near your hometown. That was something you weren't able to do with the previous firm. So maybe talk a little bit about that and other areas where we think you're going to be able to, you know, increase your own independence. Yeah. I mean, other than just being really excited about LaSalle's um, relationship with Fidelity and NFS, um, other things that are, are personal to me that helped me make this decision. You know, my son got his Series 7 and uh, a couple years ago and, and entered into the training program with um, Edward Jones, but after a few months into that, he came to the realization that he wouldn't be ready to move out and open his own branch office within a couple months. He wanted to spend, you know, years, you know, working with me, and that's not Edward Jones's business model, that you can't have more than one advisor in each branch office. So, so he left Edward Jones. Um, since then, LaSalle has um, sponsored his license and we've brought him back. And our goal is, and sometime in the beginning of 2019, when he gets out of the National Guard, to transition over um, as a part-time financial advisor working with me. And sometime in the first quarter of 2019, we want to open a second office in the, the area that I grew, grew up in down in Bourbon A. And, um, and at LaSalle's re- LaSalle would do it now if I was ready, but I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. So I've got the backing of LaSalle to open up this, this secondary office and have my son work out of that office at whatever capacity that I want and also um, bring other advisors in and, and just build a branch down there of, you know, a multi-advisor branch. And, and as large as I want, I care to make it, LaSalle will back me up. I couldn't do any of that 
you know, Ed Edward Jones. It's just not it's just not their business model. And that's why I keep going back to we just outgrew Edward Jones. We outgrew mm-hmm. their business model. It it served a good purpose for me for fourteen years, but the last couple of years you know, um, we were just having growing pains. Right. So um, if if Edward Jones is McDonald's, not to put you on the spot, what what restaurant is LaSalle Street Securities? <laughs> what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't name it a, a restaurant, but just think about, um, gosh, I could name off probably a dozen just really awesome steakhouses in the city <laughs> of Chicago. You know that um, I've been. I mean, I've been to some restaurants where even if it wasn't on their menu. Right. And you said you want this particular item done this particular way. If there's a way that they can do it, those restaurants will do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's one of those restaurants that will do anything to just make you happy as as the as the customer. Right. And and that's pretty much what LaSalle is. And that's how I've explained it to my clients that are making this transition that you know Edward Jones is fine in the approach that they take for the specific niche that they're trying to um, attract those those clients that are they're trying to attract um, but it's more of a cookie cutter type of an approach mm-hmm. and my clients don't want to be um, cookie cutter they you know they want their investment portfolio to be tailored specifically to them to their risk profile and to what their goals are and we're able to accomplish that specifically um, and tailored to each client here at LaSalle where we couldn't do that before. And, you know, and honestly, it's not just Edward Jones. There's a lot of other investment firms that are similar to Jones in that nature of kind of that cookie-cutter approach. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the last question I want to ask you is just for you to give some advice to other financial advisors like you because a lot of people might be listening to this and, and thinking like, wow, this guy Bob is like a warrior. Like he's doing like what I kind of wish – I could do, you know, because a lot of advisors are kind of fearful of leaving that larger structure. Maybe it's because they don't view the client relationships as their own. Maybe it's because they're just worried about the type of control that their firm has over their future with the transition, things like that. What what advice would you give to a financial advisor, you know, of your of your tenure who feels like they deserve more control of their own business, but they're just a little bit afraid to explore their options. Yeah, you know, um, I'm excited um, about just talking with other advisors and helping them um, understand it's it's not really that hard, but I can, I can there's a fear, you know, it's kind of like, it's like anything, um, you know, bungee jumping, zip lining, rappelling off mm-hmm. of the side of a mountain, it's that first step. Yeah. And everyone's afraid of that first step. Um, and I've been through it and, and work, hard work has never, um, it's never bothered me and, and hard work has never intimidated me. Um, and, and this is hard work, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, it's hard work making a transition. Um, what was helpful was another Edward Jones advisor who had made the transition a year prior to me and was able to share some things with me. And um, I, I really feel that um, a lot of the Edward Jones advisors are walking around with, um, it's like walking around with a pair of sunglasses on and you really can't see clearly. And I, I can help them take those sunglasses off and, and see a little bit clearer. Now that I've been through this um, um, this transition, um, but what I would say to them is, I could and I could probably name a dozen, a dozen advisors right now that I've already spoken to over the last couple of years that um, 
want to make that leap, but they're just afraid of, you know, they're, they're kind of in a little comfort zone and mm-hmm. it's, it's like anything. What, what separates one guy from climbing a mountain, you know, from another? Right. You know, it's just fear. It's yeah. just fear um, and, and, and taking that first step. So, I mean, the advice I would give to them is you, you need to do your homework and you need to, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this and looking into this for the last two years. And then I seriously was looking into the transition over the last one year. And then the last six months, I was comparing LaSalle to one other firm in the industry. And, and you know, and then I finally came to my decision after meeting with, I met with three firms face to face, but then I put LaSalle up against this other firm and analyzed the opportunity over the last few months really closely and came, kept coming back to LaSalle as a firm that, you know, will back me up in any way I want to be backed up. Um, as far as growth opportunities Um, and they're they're interested in growing just as much as I am and it's pretty rare to find a firm that will put resources behind you like that thank you for listening to another episode of the LaSalle Street Live podcast as always if you're an independent financial advisor out there looking to explore your options we'd love to talk to you you can reach me by email Z-A-K at lasallest.com that's l-a-s-a-l-l-e-s-t dot com or you can call my cell phone anytime 708-828-0050 my name is Zach Sandeman working business development here at LaSalle Street Securities and I would love to speak to any listeners out there interested in considering making a change I'd love to connect you with Mark our Chief Business Development Officer who you also heard from in this episode we can talk about the future. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time here on LaSalle Street Live.